just going to have everybody tonight, amen, that's here, praise the Lord, we want you, amen, to uh, continue to worship the Lord as we get ready to get into the Word of God tonight. Are you thankful for His Word? I'm thankful for the Word of God. Amen, yes, praise the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to begin at verse 7, we're going to ask everybody that's able to please stand for the reading of the Word of God, if you don't have a Bible in your hand, don't have one on your phone, amen, praise the Lord. Uh, it's going to be up on the wall here, so we want you to follow along with us as we, amen, exhort, amen, in the Word of God, praise God, and declare His life, amen, which is in the Word, amen, praise God. Second Corinthians chapter 4, the words of the Apostle Paul, beginning at verse 7, says this, everybody had it, say amen. Amen. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Hallelujah. We're going to bless the shofar. And we want you to give the Lord some praise for his word tonight. Come on, let's bless him. Lord, he's able to bless him. Hallelujah. 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 Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Amen, amen. You may be seated tonight. Amen. And if the Lord will allow me, I want to minister simply on the thought, pressing for purpose. Amen. Pressing for purpose. Look at your neighbor and say, pressing for purpose. Amen. Pressing for purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I just want to, amen, give you this simple word that the Lord has laid upon my heart, amen, for you tonight. I don't know who's here that needs to hear this, praise the Lord, but I know, amen, that the Lord does. The Apostle Paul, speaking here again to the, amen, to the church of Corinthian, amen, in, amen, the Corinthian church, praise the Lord, and he's speaking about, amen, it begins in chapter 4 about his unweary diligence, uh, amen, and his zeal in preaching, amen, and how that, hallelujah, he has a, a diligence, amen, and a, a, a need, he knows the need to remain faithful, he knows the need, uh, amen, to be about the Father's business, he has a zeal to, amen, preach the word of God, to bring, amen, the gospel. And so he begins to speak here in verse 7, amen, that uh, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And I, I want to just for a, a few minutes talk about, hallelujah, that treasure, amen, just well, what he was saying there, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, amen, that treasure, of course, uh, Simply put, it's the greatness of the gospel. Amen. It's the glory of God that is made evident uh, through this gospel. So that when this gospel, amen, is released, when this gospel is made manifest. In other words, when we, amen, begin to live, hallelujah, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, hallelujah. It begins to release the glory of the Lord. Amen. What is the glory of the Lord? 
Hallelujah. It is the very character of who he is. It is the essence of God. Amen. That glory is manifested in the word of God. The Doxa. Amen. The Shema. The Shekinah. As some people call it. We see it manifested throughout the word. Amen. Uh, as a cloud. Amen. As a fire. As a cloud of thick darkness. We see it. Amen. Displayed. In, in essence. Amen. Uh, when they saw the glory of the Lord. It contained everything that God was. It contained all that he, uh, amen, was, all that he is, all that he can be, and all that he wants to be. Amen. The I am that I am. The one who will be what you need him to be when you need him to be. That is the I am tonight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so his glory, amen, that is how his glory is revealed. As the Apostle Paul is saying that we have this treasure within us. Hallelujah. Amen. He said in an earthen vessel. Amen. I want you to know, amen, that these earthen vessels, amen, this body, this, amen, vessel of clay is more than just a receptacle for the soul. Amen. We know that the body contains, amen, or is, amen, a receptacle for the soul and the spirit. But it's more than just a receptacle for the soul. And so, uh, when we look at the treasure and we look at the earthen vessel, hallelujah, and we compare the value of God's light and God's glory to the value of what he chose to put it into. Amen. Are you with me tonight? Stay with me for just a few minutes. Amen. When we look and we compare the value of the glory of the Lord, when we compare the value of the light of the gospel and the glory of God compared to the value of what he chose to put it into. We know in the Old Testament, amen, it, uh, he dwelt in the tabernacle. He dwelt in uh, the most holy place, amen, in the temple. But when Jesus, amen, gave up the ghost, the veil was rent, uh, amen, and now man could see into uh, the holy of holies. And now we are, as we preached on Sunday morning, we are now walking temples of God, Amen. But this temple is uh, simply an earthen vessel. And when you look and compare the value of what he puts into this earthen vessel, it's amazing to me that God would put such a great treasure uh, into clay pots. Uh, hallelujah. This earthen vessel simply is a clay pot. We are nothing, uh, amen, but a lump of clay. Hallelujah. And it's amazing to me that it would take such a Amen. An amazing treasure. He would take uh, and would put such a great thing in a clay pot. Amen. And so then we begin to, uh, amen, think about, amen, the value of his glory, which there is no value that can be put on that. And then the value of this body, the value of this clay pot, then one would question who is worthy to be such a container, who is worthy to be able to carry such a great treasure as the glory of the Lord, the awesomeness, the character, the essence of who God is, Jehovah Yura, amen, Jehovah Shama, amen, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Nisi, hallelujah, Jehovah Sidkenu, amen, all that he is, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Rohai, all that he is, El Shaddai, the everlasting one, amen, are you with me, hallelujah, the peace, the joy, the essence of who God is, who is 
I would put that the smartest person isn't smart enough. I would, amen, say that even the purest person is not pure enough. The most spiritual person is really not spiritual enough. The most talented person is really not talented enough, hallelujah, to contain the glory or this treasure because we are all just clay jars. It doesn't matter, hallelujah, the man, your ability. At the end of the day, we are all just earthen vessels. We are all just clay jars. But I, I want to present to you tonight that the value isn't in the vessel, but it's the one who makes the vessel. Hallelujah. The value isn't, amen, in the vessel. So it doesn't matter how smart you are, how spiritual you are, how holy you are, amen, how talented you are, how gifted you are, that is not the value that is in the vessel. The value is in the one who makes the vessel. Can we give the one who makes the vessel a praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These clay, these earthen vessels that the Apostle Paul is speaking about here. Amen. As he is speaking to the Jews and he's speaking and he's talking. Amen. To the church at Corinth. These earthen vessels or these clay pots, these clay dishes, these clay containers, they were common in the houses of the ancient world. Amen. Now these, amen, earthen vessels were not as durable as a metal vessel would have been and they were useless if they were broken. If they became broken, they then became useless and they would be tossed aside. Hallelujah. But isn't it amazing that God put his glory in everyday dishes and not fine china? I know that my mom used to have a man, a china cabinet, and in that china cabinet was a man, fine china. It was my great-grandmother's china. When I was a kid, I used to think that is so ugly. Amen. I just did not think it was pretty. Amen. And it was amazing to me, hallelujah, that my mom valued it so much, but she never pulled it out to use. She never put it out even for a man, the, the, a man, the most valuable guest. She always used the everyday dishes. Are you with me? Why? Because, hallelujah, the valuable, amen, the fine china was valuable. If it was broken, then it would not be able to be replaced. Are you with me? Hallelujah. But God put his glory in everyday dishes. If I can say it like this, he put it in melamine instead of bone china. Are you with me? Hallelujah. I would even go as far as to say that he put it in a paper plate more than he did a man corralware. Are you with me tonight? I'm trying to get you to understand. Hallelujah. How precious this treasure that we have within us and the amazing fact that God chose to put such glory in, hallelujah, such common vessels. I need somebody. I'm going somewhere. Hallelujah. Amen. You ever went into a man, a store that sells fine china? Or a store that sells really expensive things. There's usually a sign that says you break it, you buy it. Right? You break it, you buy it. Hallelujah. Amen. But my mind went today as the Lord began to speak to me. Amen. 
word to Jeremiah 18. It's where Jeremiah had the vision of the potter and the potter's wheel. The Lord took him to the potter's house. Amen. And there he saw the potter shaping the marred clay with his hands. The marred clay, hallelujah, was the clay that was deficient. It was the clay that was messed up. Hallelujah. But I always think that it's amazing, hallelujah, that it says specifically that the marred clay was in his hands. Can I tell you, no matter how messed up you get, no matter how much you trip up, no matter how much you mess up, as long as you're in the hands of the potter, you're going to be all right. I don't know who he's talking to tonight. Hallelujah. But you stay in his hands. Don't let the devil tell you that you're not worthy. Don't let the devil tell you, listen, God chose you before. Hallelujah. You did not choose him. He chose you. And he chose way back at the beginning as he set up this whole thing. Amen. His end goal was to let his glory, amen, dwell in these messed up everyday, hallelujah, amen, paper, hallelujah, vessels that were, amen, easily led astray, that were easily pulled. But don't you let the devil tell you you're not worthy. Hallelujah, it's not his choice, it's God's choice. It ain't even your choice, but it's God's choice. Somebody better give him better praise than that tonight. Hallelujah. That word mar means broken, it means messed up. And Jeremiah said, I saw the marred clay in the hands of the potter. And he said, he formed it into another vessel. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful tonight. Hallelujah. That God sees the value in taking broken lives, taking mistakes, even taking past sins, and making them usable. Amen. In the life. Of a messed up, broken vessel. Hallelujah. He didn't throw it away like most would in the household, but he saw it. Hallelujah. With potential. Uh, somebody help me. Amen. But here's what you got to understand. Hallelujah. Amen. Jeremiah said, I saw him. Amen. Put the clay on the potter's wheel. Amen. And back in the ancient days, the potter's wheel, amen, was moved by their feet. So the potter would take his foot, amen, and it would cause the wheel to begin to spin. Hallelujah. Now why? Amen. With the amen wheel begin to spin. Hallelujah. Because when you're on the wheel, amen, and as it spins around, that means there's no part of the clay that isn't affected. Amen. As the wheel spins around and the hands never of the potter never go off the clay. Hallelujah. And the clay doesn't move off the wheel. It's the wheel that moves the clay. And the hands of the potter never move out of position. So once his hands are in position, the wheel just begins to turn amen the clay. And so that every facet of that clay is touched by the hand of the potter. I need somebody to help me in this 
place. Hallelujah. Amen. His hands are on every facet of your life. Past, present, future. Your past is in real. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? Hallelujah. So when your attitude gets jacked up, his hands are all over your attitude. When your mind gets messed up and you begin to think, amen, like you think, hallelujah, his hands are on your mind. When you oh, somebody help me, when you're faced with an affliction, his hands are on your life. I need somebody to understand, hallelujah, that he's never going to move his hands as long as you're willing to be on the wheel. Yeah. 
Yes, Amen. Mm -hmm. Good. <coughs> mm -hmm. So that everyone that witnesses, <laughs> see, so we try to hide our mess ups. We try to, we try to keep secret that we're full. See, I'm, 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 I'm different than most pastors, and I've had pastors tell me. You shouldn't be so transparent in the pulpit. There, 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 there should be a fine line. Look, I want you to know that I'm in this thing just like yes, you are. That's right. Amen. Praise God. And I'm just as messed up as you are. Hallelujah. It's just a matter of whether you make up your mind. Amen. The church will say that way. So what kind of glory, amen, does God get when you hide everything and try to present? You can dress up your vessel. Help me not to get religious now. You can put a long skirt on your vessel. You can put long sleeves on your vessel. You can never put a pair of scissors uh, if you're a woman to the hair uh, on your vessel. Uh, if you're a man, you can never grow a beard or a mustache. Uh, you can never show anything uh, a mile above your ankles. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, but that's not going to bring the glory uh, to God. What's going to happen? Uh, Amen. What's going to bring glory uh, is that when somebody sees you fall and they know you mess up. Uh,
How many times that I've said it's, it's me again? Oops. You know what I said? I did it again. That's how I know that song. I don't know who sings it, but that's all. Oops, I did it again. Once a Paul said that before that person ever wrote that. The Spirit said, oops, I did it again. What I don't want to do is what I seem to do. And what I should amen, shouldn't do is what I seem to amen, always accomplish. And what it is that I should do, I miss the yeah, mark come on, more often yeah. than I want to admit. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, my oops. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> come on. Now, what does it mean that we... That, that grace gives us a license to just live loosely right. and do all that we can, but it tells us, amen, that we have permission to not be perfect. You know how you know, you know how many earthen vessels? I know I know we all got our qualms about social media and it's good and it's bad and it's you know, it's this and that, and, and you go off of it for a little bit, and you go back to it. I don't ever go off of it just because, just because I use it to communicate a lot, amen, and I just try to make up my mind, but you're right, amen. Mm. <laughs> Stuff is just all on my nerves. Amen. Come on. <laughs> and the earthen vessels <laughs> post with all attention to themselves. To what they're doing. I had I had a, just a little little post ready to write and post. Had it in my brain. It takes me a while to write a post. A lot of times, it, a lot of times, I, and honestly, very few times when I make a post have I not pondered on it for 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 a few days. A lot of times, I'll, I'll write part of it, and just so very seldom does it just unless it's just being goofy, unless you know. Uh, something silly or something funny, but I, I had a, just a little one out about uh, about gaslighting. There's so many people that gaslight on social media. Try to try to manipulate people into thinking that everything they do is 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 wrong and, and religious and for the wrong reason, for the motive. Hallelujah, praise God. Sometimes I wonder who's checking your heart. Oh, right. Come on. And the Holy Spirit was checking Come on. Right? And I was like, nah, no, can't do that. Come on. But man, you see so many earthen vessels. Come on. It's all about me and I. Shots it took to get that. 
wonder how many, I wonder how many pictures are on the on the phone before that one. All right? But we get the perception that all of that's so perfect. And that's just so, you know, that all that's not, none of it is. Amen. And because we're all just earthen vessels. And so Paul was Paul was was, was reminding us. And so, and so then Paul goes on to say, he said, uh, he was pressed on every side. So no matter which way he turned, he felt hemmed in. He felt pressure. No matter which way he turned, just like the wheel of the potter. There's not one part of the clay that doesn't get touched or affected by the potter's hands. And so Paul was saying, there's not one part of my life, there's not one facet of my life that is not affected by the sound. But everywhere I turn, I feel hemmed in. I feel pressed. I feel pressure. Feel like it's closing in on me. Been there. Recent. Amen. It's been it's been real. And it's still real. I'd love to tell you that that it's all over and victory is complete, but it ain't. Eh? Amen? Hallelujah. But it ain't about. The power to overcome is not in this vessel. It's a man in the one who made this vessel. Hallelujah. And he made the vessel to contain something. And look at your name and say, it's got to be in you. It's got to be in you. And he said, that the glory, this treasure, the glory of the Lord. So, so once again, all areas of life are affected when we are being tested. All areas. And so, just as the, the hand of the potter is on every part of the clay, now that the vessel is formed, and it's time for the vessel to contain the glory and to be tested now every area of life is affected by the test. This is why there's a purpose for pain. There's a purpose for your pain. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, who God is talking to tonight. But there's a purpose for your pain. I say it often, God will never waste your pain. He'll never waste it. There's a purpose for your pain. So each time that we are pressed, the opportunity for oil is there. Each time that we are pressed, so Paul said, I'm pressed on every side. I turn this way to get relief, and bam, I'm pressed. I turn to this area to get relief, bam, 
I'm pressed. I turn to this area to get relief. Bam, I'm pressed. I turn to this part of my life to find a little solace. Bam, I'm pressed. Are you with me? Anybody relate? I think I'm not the only one. But each time that we are pressed, it becomes an opportunity, right? Because it's painful. Uh -huh. But say it's so sorry. It's not supposed to be painless. It's supposed to hurt because there's a purpose for the pain. But every time that we are pressed, and every time we meet that pressure, and every time we feel that crushing, and we feel that pressing in, it's an opportunity for oil. We're seeking out the anointing, the glory. Of the Lord. But it also becomes an opportunity to release or to pour into others. Uh -huh. So not only as Paul said, I'm pressed on every side. Of course, of course, we know we know we know said that Paul said, yet not distressed. But, 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 but as, you, as you move to every facet of every area of your life and you feel the pressing, every time that you feel the pressing and the pressure, it's an opportunity for oil to come, which in turn makes an opportunity because it's doing what? It's putting it in your, heart. your vessel. And God did not create this vessel. God did not take you in your brokenness and make you again another vessel uh -huh. for you to leave his glory inside, but it's meant to be revealed. So now it becomes an opportunity to release or to pour into other people who are around you. And I get that there comes points, you know, when, when, when you turn here Amen. And you, you feel the pressure, and you feel the pressing, and you feel the testing here. And then you turn, you turn to this this area of your life, and you feel the, the pressing and the, the testing here, and then you get here. Sometimes, by the time, sometimes you even make it around every area, and, and, and you're good for a little while. But then you, get, you just get to a place, and you're like, you know what? And it can be real easy. Take me out. I came with nothing. 
into this world with nothing and I will leave with nothing. None of that matters. Why? Because it's not about me. It's about the one who has his hands on me. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? And can I tell you, when you get to that place and you feel like quitting and you even say, you know what, this is not worth it. And you get to that place that you just feel like, you know what, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. I don't see why. Hallelujah. But you say, you know what? Hallelujah. I'm pressed, but I'm not crushed. I'm pressed, but I'm not distressed. I'm not everywhere I turn. I cannot find refuge. I'm being tested in every facet and area of my life, but I'm not going to quit. Can I tell you that sincerity? Hallelujah to the enemy when you refuse to quit. When you refuse to quit, it's sincere to the enemy. Amen. So now the pressure might get a little bit harder. Amen. Now the pressure might get a little bit heavier. Hallelujah. The test might be just a little bit more intense. Hallelujah. But you got to remember who made the vessel. Hallelujah. you got to remember who made the vessel. And so the power in you to sustain, Paul said, it is not anything in me, but it is Christ in me. Him crucified. Come on, somebody. Do you understand tonight? Hallelujah. Touch yourself and say, it ain't about me. It ain't about me. Hallelujah. There's no power in this vessel. Hallelujah. But the power is in the one who made this vessel. The one who set his hands on me. Hallelujah. And his hands never move position. Hallelujah. Life and the wheel will take you. Amen. The different places. And sometimes, hallelujah, the pressure might get a little bit more intense from the hand of the potter. But the potter never moves position. Hallelujah. This earth is his footstool. He will not be dethroned for anybody. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? Hallelujah. He was not for Job. He was not for Paul. He was not for Silas. He was not for James was ahead. He was God when John was on the Isle of Pepos. Hallelujah. And he'll be God for you and me. Somebody give God a shout. So now when I get to the meat of my message. Foundation. The the vessel, the certain vessel, who is worthless in value, but chosen for a greater purpose. I'm speaking about that glory, that oil, that anointing that is poured into. The vessel. Oil is produced from pressing olives. Again, I don't know who, I'm, who the Lord is speaking to tonight, but it's imperative that we go here. Olives required three pressings. The first pressing retracted the virgin or the pure soil. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you buy virgin olive oil, that means it's from the first pressing. Mm -hmm. Pure, untouched. Hallelujah. 
but just the car you should buy. <laughs> just say, amen, praise the Lord. So three blessings are required. So that first blessing retracts or extracts that virgin or that pivot oil. That oil was used for lighting the menorah in the temple or the candlestick in the temple and all of the temple lamps. It was also used for anointing the priests and the king and the temple instruments and furnishings. So the purest, the virgin, olive oil was used for the most holy things. Pure, untouched. Then the crushed olives were placed in a burlap sack and they were put on a mortar table for a second blessing. Hallelujah. Just so you think. The pressure was enough. Round two. Come on. They were placed on the mortal table for the second pressing. The heavy weight was added to the wheel. Come on. And every part of the wheel touched the olives. Once again, now the olives didn't go anywhere, but the wheel was in motion. Come on, somebody. And so every part of the wheel, every bit of pressure from every pressure point of the wheel touched the already crushed olives. And that would produce more oil. That oil would go down. Amen. It would have, there would be holes that would go down. Amen. To a container. And this oil was used for cooking, was used to make medicine, and it was used to light lamps in houses and, and on the streets. Amen. Ordinary lamps. So that first oil was used to anoint the holy things, mm -hmm. to make them holy, mm -hmm. usable for mm -hmm. God's service. Mm -hmm. Sanctified, set apart, mm -hmm. separated from every other thing. Mm -hmm. Come on. And then the second pressing could be used for cooking, to sustain, mm -hmm. to provide, mm -hmm. to give light and purpose, to bring healing. Mm -hmm. It was even used for cosmetics. So it was used to, to bring the sin, make the sin fairer. Amen. Are you with me? Uh -huh. That second pressing, that oil was used, amen, as a, as a means of, of provision, as a means of sustenance, to cook, to provide, to, amen, to fulfill and to sustain. And then more weight was added to the wheel for a third pressing. Mm -hmm. Come on. How many ever been there? First pressing, then there's a different weight, and you feel the weight of that wheel and your place on the mortar table. Now you're between a rock and a hard place, uh -huh. and you can't get out. 
but the wheel just keeps turning. And every pressure point that's on the wheel touches the olive. Now, you've already been pressed and you're already broke open and you're already crushed. So now, the weight is heavier. It's amazing that there's more oil in there. Right, right, right. Isn't it? Mm -hmm. I forgot to mention that they had a man remove the pits. <laughs> we'll save that for another message. That's the problem with some of y'all. You won't let the uh, you won't let the word remove the pit. That hardness that prevents the crushing. That wastes the oil. I said I'll save it for another message. <laughs> So now they add weight to that wheel for a third pressing. Then what they would do with that is that third pressing, that more weight, would extract lye for something. So in every pressing, there's a purpose. Every pressing produced some type of oil mm -hmm. that served a greater purpose. So now you've got the, the, the olive being pressed the first time and you get that virgin, that pure olive oil out of there. Amen. That which makes a man things holy, that which anoints things and sets them apart. Now you you get under a man, a man on the mortar table, a man under that stone wheel, and that wheel is turning, that beam is placed in there, and oftentimes donkeys or different things would be used, a man to a man calls that wheel to, to rotate, a man, and, and so now it's already broke open, but now a man is crushing it even more. But amazingly enough, there's an oil coming out of that. A man, and even though it's not pure. Amen. It's amen. Oil that's going to provide some sustenance. It's going to provide healing. It's going to provide medicine. It's going to provide hallelujah. It's going to keep you hallelujah when you don't know what's keeping you. Amen. When you don't know where hallelujah the provision is going to come from. Somehow, some way, hallelujah, provision has been made. That's what the crushing is for. That's what the pressure is for. Amen. That's the purpose in the pressing. So that when you get between a rock and a hard place, hallelujah, you don't have to rely on the earthen vessel. You don't have to rely on what you know. You don't have to rely on what you can do. You don't have to rely on what someone else can do for you. But somewhere, somehow, he just shows up and he brings you what you need. Jehovah Zion. Second pressing. That's the purpose for 
much more of this I can endure. Hallelujah. My mom used to say, enough so much and too much is nasty. <laughs> That's how I felt the past couple of weeks. Okay, God. Enough's enough. Too much is getting a little get a little sleepy here. Come on.
But everybody's going to see the blessing. Come on. Sometimes we feel isolated and we feel like when the God's just putting us in that place. Remember when David had to hide in a cave. Amen. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Sometimes God will seclude us and put us in a place during the pressing. Amen. So that nothing will affect the efficiency of the anointing and the oil. Hallelujah. So we have to realize now that all we've been through to this point isn't in vain. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not been in vain. It's not been in vain. I'm, I'm, I'm finishing up. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's, there's a little bit left of this. Amen. Uh, of the sake. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But each pressing is producing fresh oil. Mm -hmm. Fresh oil. Have you ever smelled old olive oil? Mm -hmm. Or just smell the jar that's in the cabinet that we keep back there that's probably dated from, uh, you know, because you bought it. So that it lasts, amen, unless you, you know, unless you have one of those kind, you know, and amen, somebody gets wild with it, amen, just a little dab, amen, he's trying to, it, it lasts, and you go back and say, open it up, it can smell rancid. I'm like, no wonder they put frankincense and myrrh and all of that in it to make it smell better. Yeah. But it stinks. And every person produces fresh oil. We got to so we got to realize that all that we've been through, and so it's imperative that 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 I that I give you the greatest example of the three pressings to produce oil. Gethsemane, the garden where Jesus went to pray. Gethsemane means oil press. It means, literally means oil press. Gethsemane was a place of abundant olive trees. The Garden of Gethsemane, it means oil press. Jesus was there the night before his crucifixion. Amen? Amen. And the Bible says that as he went, he left eight of the disciples farther down, behind, and he took his inner circle, Peter, James, and John, to the place of pressing. So he took them as he went into that garden there in Gethsemane mm -hmm. to that place of pressing. And he said to them, he said, my soul is weary and exceeding sorrowful even unto death. He's feeling the pressure. Mm -hmm. He's feeling the pressing. Mm -hmm. Come on. Mm -hmm. He said that tarry here and watch with me. And then he went a little further. And see, what you got to understand is that Jesus was sinless. But he was soon going to feel the weight of the sin of all mankind uh -huh. pressing on him. Amen. All mankind, the sin of all mankind is going to be pressing on him. And the Bible says he fell on his face and he began to pray. And he said, Father, let this cup pass from me. Uh -huh. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will uh -huh. be done. Uh -huh. And then the Bible says he returned to find the inner circle sleeping. He, he returned to find Peter, James, and John 
napping. The first pressing was done. That first pressing was done. Then the Bible says that he went a second time. So he left them a second time. And this time he said, if this cup cannot pass from me unless I drink it, So the first pressing, he said, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. The second pressing, he said, if this cup cannot pass until I drink it, then let your will be done. In other words, let's not make this last no longer than we have to. Uh-huh. So he said, in other words, if I have to drink it, then so be it. If it, if it can't pass. And then the Bible tells us that an angel appeared and strengthened him. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? God will never forsake you in the blessing. And the Bible says he went and he found them asleep again. Now the second person was complete. So now he's at the first person. And now he's at the second person. And the Bible says that he left them again and he prayed a third time using the same words. Uh But this time, being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. So much so until his sweat became as if they were great drops of blood. Uh And he came to the disciples. And he said, go ahead, sleep. Take your rest. The hour is at hand and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. He gave all that he had to give. The third pressing was now finished. He was pressed three times in the oil press in Gethsemane. The first time he gave up his anointing as king. He gave up his anointing as the holy one. And then he gave his human body. And then finally he gave the last bit of his being to cleanse our sin. He gave his body. What do we say the second pressing done? It brought, it was used for cooking, it was used for medicine, so it brought healing, it brought, uh, it sustained, it brought provision and sustenance. So he gave his body, his body was broken, wounded, so that we might be healed, and that our soul wounds would be healed. He was wounded for our transgressions. So the first person, he gave up his anointing as king, as the only one able 
Are you with me? The second he gave his human body, amen, now for our healing and for, amen, the sustenance, amen, to be able to bring all the peace, hallelujah, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. So he gave his human body, and then finally he gave his last, the last drop of his being, his sweat as great drops of blood, as the life soap to cleanse and wash us. He went through all three pressings for the purpose of giving us eternal life. Yes. Mm -hmm. That purpose that he did was so that we might live eternally in the presence of his Father. Yes. He was willing to sever for that time his connection to heaven to become the curse and to give his life for the purpose of saving us that we might be able we might be able to see him. So the oil that's put into our vessel is going to come from the pressing God's not, God's not going to elevate someone without going through the press. Mm -hmm. you're, not going to, you're not going to be filled with that oil without going through the pressing. So the pain that you're experiencing has purpose. That pressing, that that anointing, that first pressing, makes us holy and set apart and sanctified. Anoints us as children of God, as an heir, a joint heir of Jesus Christ. Kings and priests, holy, set apart. That pressing. Then we, we get again where we're able to sustain and then finally keeps us sanctified, keeps us in holiness. Mm -hmm. And so the purpose of the pressing is to reveal the power of the glory of God to everyone else. Mm -hmm. And that's why, that's why each time you release it to others, it's going to make the enemy regret ever messing with you. Mm -hmm. Every time you release it into someone else, it's going to make the enemy regret every time he even messes with you. Every time that you thought, I can't do this, but you're still standing. Why? Because the oil from the pressing is sustaining you constantly. Do you understand me? Hallelujah. The pressing for purpose. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, you need to get up tomorrow. Hallelujah. Some of you, I don't know who the Lord's talking to tonight, but you need to take this word. You need to take, hallelujah, this revelation. And you need to get up. Amen. When you get up in the morning, you need to say, you know what? The devil's about to have a bad day today. Amen. 
Amen. The enemy's about to have a bad day, a bad day today. He's going to regret he ever messed with me. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. This is why he doesn't want you to win, amen, the battle. He doesn't want you to last until the battle is over. He doesn't want you to last until the pressing is finished. And when, amen, that third pressing is going to bring a little more weight. Hallelujah. You think, how much more, amen, but amen, when you have given, amen, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. Hallelujah. Until you have given all that you can give, amen, the pressing is not over. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? Hallelujah. And the pressing, amen, is for a purpose. Hallelujah. Say it again. Pressing for purpose. Pressing for purpose. See, we are pressed, but we are not crushed. All right. And I'm, 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 I'm going to read the least translation from the Greek in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 7 through 10. Because I like it. <laughs> But we have this treasure in earthenware containers in order that the super excellence of the power might be from God as a source and not from us. I like that. As a source and not from us. We're just a resource. God's the source. Amen? That the, that in order that the super excellence of the power might be from God as a source and not from us. We are being hard-pressed from every side, but we are not hemmed in. We are bewildered, come on now, not knowing which way to turn, but not utterly destitute of possible measures or resources. Amen. Amen. That means we do not have a man of Father who will forsake us. Hallelujah. Who does not own a cattle on a thousand hills. In other words, we may not know which way to turn. Hallelujah. And we might be perplexed and we might not grasp or understand what is happening, but we are not destitute of possible measures or resources. In other words, that second pressing. Hallelujah. That brings that other oil. It's not that oil that sets us apart and makes us, anoints us as kings and priests, but it's that oil. Hallelujah. That when we're in trouble, he'll be our lawyer, our doctor. Hallelujah. Amen. That when we are sick, he sent his word and it healed them. Hallelujah. That when we are in a man between a rock and a hard place, he shows up every time. We are being persecuted, but not left in the lurch. You know what? You know what the lurch is. Lurch is a swaggering or a a a staggering or a swaying when somebody gets off balance. Have you ever have you ever have you ever done that? Gone off balance and you felt like you were going to fall. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And you didn't know it because you, you, usually it's you, you're caught off guard with something or something, amen, may, may startle you or you get up quickly or something, amen, shakes you or rattles you. Hallelujah. He said, we're being persecuted. In other words, you're getting hit. Hallelujah. You're being attacked. Amen. They stoned old Stephen. They stoned Paul. Come on, somebody. They beat him. Hallelujah. Go. You're in the lurch, and you're staggering, 
you're slaying and you don't you don't know if you're gonna be able to keep your balance and you're trying to get your hands up to praise the Lord, but but, but you just you just feel like you're gonna fall. Well, here's what Paul said we're being persecuted, but we're not left in the lurch, we're not abandoned, we're not let down. In other words, God's not gonna let you fall. God's not gonna let the persecution take you down.
going to the end of the second week in tennis. And I've said it out of my mouth. That every place and area that I go to, home, church, my office, the car, the secret place, my praise, the worship everywhere I go feels unstable. It feels unsettled. There's no turmoil in my home. There's no turmoil in my office. There's no turmoil in the church. Are you with me? Amen. There's no turmoil in the secret place. I'm telling you, I'm feeling the blessing. And every area of life is painful. So I can't be at home and relax or have or feel peace. I can't be at, in my office. And you are you with me? Hallelujah. So those no matter, no matter where I'm at. If I'm, if I'm, if I was wondering around the other day, crying like an idiot. Just because of the pressure. The pressing. And so no matter where you go, you feel the pressing. But you gotta realize there's a purpose for that pain. And that it's what's gonna sustain you, it's what God's putting in you, it's what God is crushing you into that vessel. So there are some of you that's feeling that tonight. Some of you might be on the second pressure. Some of you might be on the third pressure. You're to that place where, you know what, I really don't have much more to give. And it doesn't mean that you that you, you, you give up praying, you give up on the Lord. It doesn't mean that you're not praying right, you're not praying enough. Now prayer is effective, things are effective when you're being pressed and crushed. Let's not act like we're so super spiritual that it's not. Because it is. It's not the same. But it doesn't mean that you, you give up. The fact that you're here tonight means that you've made up your mind. The fact that you're here tonight and God has sent this word to you, amen, is showing you that God's got his hand on you that Amen. You might be on the potter's wheel, but his hand is not moved. And, and he's touching every facet of your life. And every part of your life feels oppressed. Hallelujah. You're thinking it should be like this or it should be like that or should be this way or that way. Hallelujah. But the pressure gets a little bit heavier. But don't give in. If that's you tonight, if you're here in this place, you're lost. You don't know Jesus. You're backslidden. You you severed your relationship with the Lord. You're lukewarm. I want to give you the opportunity first to get out of your seat and make the choice of a decision to say yes to Jesus. Put your vessel on the wheel and say yes to the Potter. Say yes to the Potter. Put your vessel on the wheel. Say yes. All right, if you're here tonight, and I just described you, your situation, your circumstances, your current state of being, and you're crushed, you're being crushed, you're being pressed. But you say, well, now I'm making up my mind. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to back up. I want you to get out of your seat. I want to pray with you. Come on, quickly.